0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast.
1: Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now, here are your hosts, Thaddeus and Gary. thank you for logging into thank you for your servers i'm thaddeus preston aka nick way and joining me
0: finally
1: is gary guthrie how we doing man
0: <laughs> it's good to be back i'm really uh i missed, you, bro. I be, I missed uh, thanks oh <laughs> too, too big big hug okay group hug
1: virtual hug social okay, distance hug yes
0: yeah we're we're done okay. hum- Hashtag no homo.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, this is our almost weekly, or it's been lately mostly my weekly rants about tech topics from a liberty perspective. Mm -hmm. This and other podcasts are brought to you by the MLGA network of podcasts. Let's make liberty great again, fam. And with no further ado, let's get into the things that are more important than the things that seem to be happening. I will not, and I still refuse to be caught up with the nonsense and the madness. There have been some actual cool tech developments this week. First and foremost, for those of you who are Apple fanboys, I'm not one of them, except for the iPad I own and the Apple TV I own, because, you know, I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Apple this week through their virtual WWDC. Um, so, typically, WWDC, which stands for the World... What was this? The... Uh, World, what does it stand for again? I forgot. The-
0: Don't ask me. I, 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 uh, I, I misread that when I first yeah. saw it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you thought it was something else. Yeah, it's, it's basically the Worldwide Developers Conference. Okay, I found it. Um, That's it. And so it's typically something that takes place <clears throat> traditionally at the Marconi Center. It used to take place at the Marconi Center in, um, in San Francisco. When Apple built their spaceship one in Cupertino, they moved it to there. Um, but of course, this is virtual this year because we're all in the era of COVID and mass gatherings in a lot of places are still very restricted. Uh, but this is this was kind of a big deal. And I don't normally focus a lot on Apple news because I, you know, other than making you know a couple great products that I use of theirs, I'm not a I'm not a I don't own a Mac. I don't own an iPhone anymore. Um, I took the training wheels off a long time ago and got like an Android phone. And, um, yep. but like there was, were some major, <clears throat> major announcements made. Um, yep. The biggest one, and one that, um, I think some of us may have saw coming, but didn't think it would happen so quickly, is Apple ditches Intel for its own ARM based chips. So, if you've really um, followed Apple's transition, so Apple has always been a company that wants, to own its entire stack hardware and software um first were the risk based power pc chips then in a surprise move in the in the mid 2000s mid mid 2000s they moved to x86 like everyone else so they moved to intel and now um they're moving to some armed based chips that are going to serve as the chips that power their future Macs. Um, this is really the culmination of kind of a 12-year project um, that started when Apple purchased a company, a design, a chip design firm by the name of P.A. Semi back in 2008. Um, and it was even reasoned back then that they were doing this because they eventually wanted to bring most of the chip development in-house. They did subsequently do that in their iPhones and in their uh, iPads, uh, Apple TVs and stuff. Um, Over the years, they've moved further and further away from using either Qualcomm or I think they were for a while in certain regions of the world, they were using Samsung. Um, This is a big development, Gary. Um, And it's kind of a shot across the bow for Intel, who has been having trouble competing with ARM on all fronts. And right. this is kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. It, it, you know, and I think just from a design standpoint, you know, Google's really trying to get back to, I, I think, get a little bit back to basics and, and kind of regain some of the traction that it lost with the loss of Steve jobs, you know, because he, you know, he, he, he was all about design and the Zen of the product and all of this. And one of the articles that I saw on this particular thing is it's gonna allow the them to get back to thinking about the design, right? And re- kind of re-engaging people on that and have laptops that don't need fans or, you know, um skinnier, more powerful, and and like uh, we talked in the pre-show, much better performance because everything's going to be tied to that architecture and not have any overhead of um whatever translation you need to make it work on the Intel architecture. Right. Yeah. And when you, when you control that stack, you can, you can gear everything to take advantage of every last little nook and cranny of it rather than, you know, for lack of a better word, some of the slop that's out there.
1: Yeah. Right. So the, one of the reasons in the past that they had moved to, uh, they moved from, you know, 80, 80, what is it, 880s and 886s? What are the old Intel? Eighty strategies? eighty the 8080s, the 8080s and the, the 80, 8088s.
0: 80386.
1: Yeah, and they moved to RISC where because they wanted, you know, that flexibility, that speed, they wanted to get rid of the slot. There's lots of uh, instruction nonsense you have to deal with with CiSC. but um, <clears throat> or the X86, just to kind of really differentiate it. But you're right. So the one thing you can truly say about Apple products, particularly iOS products, is as they move closer, uh, further and further away from the standard chipsets, system-on-chip chipsets that most mobile devices use, mainly Qualcomm and um, Hi- Hi- Hynix and um, uh, what is it? Uh, who else? I think Intel was in that business, but I think they got out of that business. Um, yeah, they're not. Samsung they're not. With, their, um, um, with their chipsets. Is it just gives them the ability to like, you're right, make different design decisions. They're highly efficient. It's why you can see a new iPhone that uses half the memory of a new Samsung is because they have their software so down pat. They don't have to compromise much of anything when they design from literally silicon up how the operating system will interact with it it allows them to implement tighter security it allows a lot of things that the intel chips and even to a lesser extent the qualcomm chips really don't give them the flexibility to do and yeah you know this this is this is a big deal then there there were people who were worrying um, um particularly um about the fact that this does fragment um software development um you know and this was a pain point when they made the transition from power pc to x86 um they wrote you know just-in-time translation and just-in-time compilers and yeah but that was sloppy and, and, and messy it, it,
0: it adds that whole it adds that whole layer yeah. of extra logic that if you can just bypass that middleman why not do it you know
1: so they're they're I, they so part of their develop uh, part of this announcement um which mm-hmm. was shocking but yet not unexpected but was also like This is the developers conference. They were like, "Hey, we have tools that will allow your um software written for x86 to run compatibly on these future ARM-based um processors. Apple Silicon is what they call it. Um, Rosetta Stone two virtualization and stuff like that. It does bring in the question: bootstrap versus parallels Um, going forward. I don't think bootstrap is going to work." Well, hmm. um, and a lot of developers I know, particularly who still do Windows development, still heavily rely on Bootstrap to like. Oh,
0: heavily. Uh, yeah. To do that. Type of yeah, stuff.
1: Um, absolutely. You know, they're promising translation and better tools. I mean, I, I honestly, I think Apple, the one thing it does also do well, almost as well as Microsoft, is it definitely caters to developers. And so there is this transition period that will happen. We're not going to really see, I think, any hardware that use this Apple Silicon till I think the end of the year possibly. Um, And, you know, they're making these moves in Big Sur, which is the new version of Mac OS. And with the movement to ARM and also all these development tools that that are going to exist, they are truly trying to unify their development environments across all devices. So like Mac OS is gonna take on a lot more of the features of iOS. And, definitely and vice
0: versa definitely
1: and what they want yeah. to, what they want ultimately is a lock in developers but b if you develop on one you should be the, you should be able to run across all and I,
0: well they're kind of going they're they're kind of going to the uh you know when uh when uh, Microsoft first came out with Windows eight, you know that was their whole paradigm that was their whole you know holy grail goal was. Write it once, run it everywhere, and, you know, the experience should be absolutely the same across the board. And it didn't work for Microsoft. Maybe, maybe Apple's got a different take on it. Maybe they've learned the lessons from the past. I don't know. But
1: And I don't know um, how much of the concern with compatibility really holds sway when you have very architecture agnostic software today, i.e. a right. lot of it is web-based. Or at the very least, makes web calls. You have things you can run nearly native in the browser, or some some equivalent.
0: I well, just, even HTML5. I mean, you know, the we just um, in uh, my company that I work for, we just implemented HTML5 uh, access to the physical camera devices on the phone, which was for the longest time, you know. It was like the carrot in front of all of the developers. like, if we can make this happen, you know, this opens the doors and guess what it's happened, you know, HTML five has access to the physical camera, right. uh, on the phone, which
1: it's become less and less that I have to write for either x86 or in this instance, arm or windows versus whatever. There are so many better tools now out for being able to write very architecture agnostic software that I think this yeah. is the move. And, and like, yeah, like I just forgot about the fact that, yeah, Windows is trying the same thing where it's just like all right, we're out of the business of, you know, PC compatible. Right. Remember, you remember that? You remember when you go you used to buy yeah, your box do. software it's like it's PC compatible.
0: <laughs> PC compatible. Yeah, yeah. So, no. so the, right, the battle that days that have. Uh, back, uh, I don't think yeah good good <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so uh, on top of that uh, deep analysis is why like that's kind of a big deal um poor intel um they also kind of previewed mac os big sur as i alluded to um which looks mm-hmm. remarkably like ios um uh ios 14 yeah. is dropping with some new features if you were a ios this is their
0: first this is their first osx kind of redesign in how many years
1: Oh I mean, God!
0: It's looked the same forever.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact is they're preparing Mac OS for this iOS Mac OS unification across these ARM based devices. Um, right. Uh, and oh, oh, just to kind of double back on that on the ARM discussion, higher end Macs going still going forward are going to use x86. Right they're, it's just the as the five-year transition as they've kind of outlined outlines is more and more of the macbooks and iMacs will start incorporating arm base stuff because he you know because they've gotten better at making these arm processors almost x86 x86
0: like yeah i i i saw a, a there was a report on you know someone basically brought up the fear that Okay, we're going to kill x86. We're going to kill Intel, and uh, the support for any devices that you buy now is going to be non-existent in the future. And I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to, they they will continue to support it, and they will continue to, you know, I mean, and simply put, there's just certain things
1: that Arm doesn't, still doesn't do well, right? You're you're not running machine learning inference on, or very well on an Arm chip yet
0: you're not and you're not going to be rendering 3d you know whatever for hollywood on it either right
1: no you're going to still go with the hardcore silicon that's good at that stuff that's gpus and x86 exactly um
0: exactly so other
1: things they're announcing watch os7 again i said uh ipad os 14 um with you know more scribble support um AirPods with like spatial audio, which is kind of they do some weird modulation that makes it makes noises sound like you're coming from behind you because of you know what they're do- algorithmically what they're doing. Um, you know, <laughs> new privacy stuff. Wow. And you know, you know, new stuff for car key, i.e. like, you know, the ability to start your car from your iOS device, which is only available on the Mercedes uh was it? Yeah, no, a BMW five series. So you know, only Silicon Valley thinks that they're pushing things forward, particularly Apple Silicon Valley thinks they're pushing things forward by saying, you can now start your BMW 5 Series. Yeah, that's...
0: Okay, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, I guess. <laughs> um,
1: but the biggest update, and one, you know, for selfish reasons that I am very happy about finally is Apple, will find, Apple TVs, particularly the 4K TV, TV boxes, will finally support... 4K audio from YouTube, a 4K video on from YouTube on device. Right now, if you own an Apple TV 4K, you can't watch 4K YouTube content because of, I think it's the, um, they don't, I I think they don't, uh, they don't, uh, the Apple TVs don't have the codecs necessary to decode VP9. And most of those 4K videos on YouTube use VP9. Ironically, Amazon, who, uh, who Google had a, like a fight with not too long ago, actually does decode VP, VP9 vp um, for or, or VP8. I think it's VP9, um, which is the compression codec for 4K, which is why I still own a Fire TV, because I can watch 4K YouTube videos on my 4K TV, as opposed to my Apple TV, which every other app uses 4K except YouTube. So... That was very very exciting. I was actually pretty happy about that. Also very upset because I just spent 120 bucks on a new Fire TV for that for the express purposes of watching 4K video <laughs> from YouTube.
0: I bought well, you know, four 4K is great as long as you've got a big enough screen. For
1: Correct, it, right? right? I mean, you know, me <laughs> me and Gary 15. are the one in five <laughs> top one in five percent. We we have those things, but you
0: know oh uh, oh clearly yeah in every room of the house
1: (laughs) not quite not quite every room in the house for me yet. but i'm getting there right that in the pool
0: so (laughs) yeah well clear yeah absolutely gotta have it there oh absolutely
1: so yeah so no man so (laughs) big apple news really cool stuff uh if you're kind of you know into apple fandom it ate up most of the tech news cycle this week um, I mean, there's other garbage that's actually eating up the tech news cycle this week, but I choose to ignore that stuff now. But uh, big up, man. Apple, you know, making moves, and that's pretty sweet. Next topic of, of interest here, um, in light of the fact, uh, in my continuing series of IA, uh, or AI. I'm AI? <laughs> Not IA, information okay. assurance. <laughs> no. Um, artificial intelligence on the march, or AI. Is um so a couple of stories that kind of piqued my interest, and in, you know, they're going to kind of lead that lead me down this road to, you know, what the post COVID nineteen world looks like is. So Google built a AI agent that learns to generalize, uh, to new environments by ignoring distractions. Um, this is pretty sweet in the sense that like it it definitely is now when it comes to vision, it's mimicking how human beings see and perceive the world. Um, I forgot the terminology for it and maybe there's smarter people in my audience or our audience that can actually turn me onto this. But like when you focus on one thing and everything else seems to get blurry around you, that, that's essentially what they're trying to help this AI agent generalize. Um, it's a very human trait. Where you know you the information in your periphery loses resolution, so to speak, because you're focused on, in this instance, if I'm reading the show notes here, the mic seems blurred, the mouse seems blurred, but everything I'm looking at on the page is in focus. That is essentially what they've kind of implemented. This is going to help a lot in a lot of areas uh, with attention. Um, there have been many papers written about like how we need to AI agents and machine learning algorithms need to need to, under, need to conceptualize attention because one, it helps uh, processing-wise them not focus on everything in an image, just focus on the thing they should be focused on in an image or stuff like that. Um, or
0: pri- prioritize it at least. At the very right? least,
1: prioritize it, particularly when you get into these multimodal models that need to take in all types of information, be it visual, uh, audio, And other types of sensory data, and then have them prioritize what to pay attention to first. Maybe even have it build a hierarchy for how it learns. I don't know. I'm extrapolating a lot from this story, but it's actually kind of fascinating in the fact that like this is the future. Whether we want to pay attention to now, we can dig into like all the tech, the the tech news tidbits about this new company, this new technology, this do this and that. This is all being driven to a certain extent by AI. Another example is Google released this experiment this week called uh, Keen. And basically, it's an automated machine learning based version of Pinterest. So let's step back for a second. Pinterest has, I don't even know how many employees. I could probably look it up, but it wouldn't make for good podcasting if I did that. But let's just say it has thousands of employees. And Pinterest. I'll buy it. And Pinterest. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I buy it. And Pinterest, you know, built this huge company that builds these pens of interest right basically pictures it's very it's it's graphical based if you've ever used it i use it specifically when i want to look up recipes um you know yeah i use it i use it
0: for brew kettle yeah brew kettle kettle, uh, design yeah yeah yeah
1: oh yeah yeah i definitely have a i definitely have a a, i forgot what they call pens associated with like brewing home brewing in particular um so they built this like on a whim like they literally just just built it. So it, you, it's kind of like the onboarding. The way the onboarding for Keen works is kind of like the onboarding for Pinterest works. You just give it a couple topics, pin a couple things, follow some couple people, and it's around interests. Hence Keen. Um, and um, yeah, this thing just uses ML and, and just generates this pin board. You know, this this board of images that are centered around interests. And um, You know, it it, it's pretty cool. Um, I'll take kind of a a couple excerpts from like the story here. Um, Keen uh, is a a a, uh, personalization unchecked limits users' exposure to information that is uh, dissenting opinions. It narrows a. What am I reading here? Oh, there's there was a rant associated with the person who wrote this story about Keen. I was celebrating the fact that like. A machine learning algorithm and a couple of motivated Googlers created like Pinterest and like quickly, as opposed to Pinterest having thousands of employees. This uh, reviewer who was reviewing Keen started going down that dark road of like, you know, this will enable more filter bubbles, which that's all social media's are. Yeah, you you know, you know the, you know the type. Um, I'm kind of, yeah, you know, and you know what, what is it like the algorithmic Base recommendations can send users searching for fringe content further down the dangerous rabbit holes, even radicalizing them over time. And in extreme cases, radicalized, radicalized individuals become terrorists. Really? You really got to jump from like, yeah. hey, this cool little machine <laughs> learning project that's I, like basically <laughs> Pinterest. My, with my like t- homebrew
0: my homebrew interest is make me a terrorist. Yeah, Not so it.
1: I'm going to go from like pins about sneakers to like you know mega terrorism i mean i this 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 is the stuff you can't escape even when you're reading about like wow this is actually pretty cool like they literally build up pinterest from this
0: as much as we're trying to just stay out of the nonsense and out of those weeds it's like it it doesn't matter where you look it comes up and i just honestly for me i have to just shake my head at this point and just say you know what you do you you know if that's what you want to believe <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's great. You know, I'm 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 past it. I just all I wanna do is pin my my pictures. <laughs> that's
1: it. I just wanna pin I just wanna pin my Keens. That's it. Also
0: my Keens, there you go. Yeah. I I wonder what language this uh, yeah, yeah. W- what kind of terminology we're gonna get. I gotta check this thing out. Yeah, no, no, it's <laughs> it's
1: actually yeah, you can download the beta on um on your your phone. Um I don't know if there's a desktop slash web you
0: know, you know, I'll check Ryan. it out. It's I, actually I, pretty
1: cool. It's it, it's 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 pretty cool. Um, You you know, just try it out and again. It just kind of proves to you like the power of these machine learning algorithms to do the things that it took Pinterest a, about a decade to even get to the point. I'm pretty sure they're using a lot of machine learning and algorithmic stuff in the background now. And they're monetizing these 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 Pinterest pin, these boards. Right. And, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're I think they're even a public company now. So, I mean, it's not like, it, you know, I'm saying that, like, this absolutely replaces, like, the thousands of people working on Pinterest. But it def because there's a, you know, unless you can, there's still an ads team. There's still, like, you know, infrastructure people stuff like that. But, like, it does go to show you, though, that, like, building these types of companies in the future will become very easy. Um, at least... Once you sure. have all the, yeah. and we had this discussion pre show, once you have all the infrastructure in place. So, right. speaking of infrastructure right. in place, in again, AI on the March, um, computer makers reveal 50 AI servers with NVIDIA's A1000 GPUs. So, there's a, here's a pull quote from this article that I, I saw, like that, that's quoting one of the product managers from NVIDIA. Um, the A100 GPU has 54. Billion transistors and can execute oh. five pentaflops of performance, or about 20 <laughs> times more than the previous generation chips. I guess. Oh both. my God. This means wow. a central processing unit CPU servers, a uh, uh, server that cost 20 million and took up 22 racks. We know what racks are, right, Gary? We, we, oh, yeah. We yeah.
0: I've got one in my garage, which
1: is God, you're a geek. Um, it's huge
0: <laughs>
1: it's, it's huge um
0: it's way yeah way bigger than a fridge <laughs> <laughs> and nuts.
1: but it but now that amount of performance in those 22 racks can be replaced with new servers that cost three million dollars and take up four gpu based server racks i don't know what that means wow. but basically you go down from 22 to four uh to uh four
0: more concentration of more power. Concentration I mean, you can you can just fit your your square footage becomes much more valuable at that point.
1: Absolutely, because you're now comp- you're now you're able to put more compute. Yep. Um, and so the driver for why like a lot of institutions are doing this is because like there are a lot of because of particularly because of COVID nineteen, there's a lot more scientific workloads, um, that can be p- performed on such dense populations of compute. Um, they were, yeah. you know, particularly, I mean, one of the things that got us, once the information was available, that got us to developing better tests or just tests in general for COVID-19 and therapeutics and, I mean, they're trialing vaccines in places like Africa and places like, you know, South America and other places. The reason why we were able to bend that uh, bend that time curve is because of the compute that's available and the compute that is being made available all the time to run these simulations to run these drug trials to run these you know these this, this computational chemistry on on to particular molecular therapies um, for all of that ails us not just covid-19. And so this is this is a big deal, right? And 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 with that amount of scientific uh, with that amount of compute available to the general scientific community um And uh, you know what we're running into now is you're running into this next story, which is basically, you know, now the top fastest supercomputer in the world is the Fugaku, is a Fu, is a is the Fugaku of the Fugaku, right? It, you know, it sounds like I'm
0: Fugaku, Fugaku, is, this,
1: is, it, is it Fugaku? I'm gonna say
0: Fugaku. Yeah, okay, Fugaku. I'm gonna. Yeah,
1: I believe you because you live on the West Coast because you you can. You can pronounce things better, more better.
0: Than I don't. I yeah. I don't know what that means. Um. Okay. Well, I, I don't really know what it means, but I know it. Apparently,
1: it's claiming to perf- be able to deliver 415 petaflops of performance. Um, and it, they they claim it's 2.8 times faster than Summit, which is the Oak Ridge National Laboratory supercomputer that is the fastest in the world. Of obviously, like like we discussed, kind of in the pre-show. This is the unclassified Petal Flop performance of Summit. Um, right. We don't really know what the classified <laughs> performance of, of Summit is. We don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but this type of kind of, um, this kind of power in, you know, um, in the hands of scientists, in the hands of practitioners of data science, ML, and AI, um, they're starting a lot of these supercomputers that are coming online are actually being built with either ARM-based chips or these GPUs that are capable of doing the linear algebra and other types of mathematics that deep neural networks require. Um, we're throwing more compute at these problems. We're learning how to focus said agent machine learning algorithms and agents at problems. This is gonna. This is this is changing things. So that brought me to, like, this article in VentureBeat about this guy by the name of Mark Gordonberg um, from Zeta of Partners, um, um, Venture Partners, talking about, you know, how it's now AI's turn um, coming out of an economic downturn to really shine. And he, you know, he uses some analogies about, like, you know, the boom times. um, where companies are focused on growth, but in the tough times, um, you know, these companies that are focused that were focused on growth are now just focused on like, you know, improving efficiency. One of the many things that are going right. to help them improve efficiency is the maturity of these, uh, ML models. Um, he uh, he's basically says the history shows us that after every major economic downturn since the 1980s, businesses rely on digital technology and specifically innovations in software technology to return to full productivity with fewer repetitive jobs and less bloat or, and as yep. I like to say, less humans.
0: And well, yeah, but at the same time, I think there's a there's an element of, you know, we're, we're shifting the focus from breadth to depth, right? Yeah. And uh, efficiency is a part of that equation. But you're also looking at, you know, increasing either product or uh, whether it's quantity or quality or whatever. I mean, there's a lot more to depth than just, you know, doing more with less. I mean, that's a huge part of it. But um, it's it's very interesting to me to see companies really, I mean, shifting entire models, right? Um, A lot of times, yeah, less employees, but I mean, maybe it's more about just delivering more with the same amount, who knows, right? And that um,
1: that dovetails into what the National Bureau of Economic Research had basically found, was that like, you know, downturns do accelerate like the shift from, you know, uh, non-repetitive, from repetitive to non-routine jobs at both the high and low ends of the spectrum. So you're basically, yeah, depth. Um, yeah, and, exactly. And, um, and so yeah, like, you know, existing tasks get automated. Um, companies begin to empower employees um, with, you know, now that they have these new technologies that gather data and, and analytics. And, and yeah, I, I think COVID-19 has and, and will accelerate um, job displacement Um, As the current, you know, enterprises adopt all these technologies, you say, all the technologies like ML, AI, cloud, process automation, remote work, and to dovetail what you're saying, and change entire models, paradigms, how to do things. um, That will inevitably require less humans, but as I always say, it just moves us further up the stack, the technology stack. Um, yep. because the very repetitive, you know, routine things get automated away, but the non-routine higher level, you know, that higher level of customer service when like, you know, your computer's not working, um, is something that people who will ha- have to have a much more depth of skills. Um, those are the jobs. Right. In the future.
0: Well, and I, and I hope that we see a spark of innovation too. Right. I mean, Anytime you have a hole, there's there's going to be someone thinking outside the box and coming up with something that, um, in the new, it, 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 I, I'm not going to say the words new normal Ooh, because I hate yeah, I that. Know, I know, think it's I the know, worst. Yeah, I know that's your bugaboo there. It, 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 it just kills me. But in this, uh, let's say, new context mm-hmm. <laughs> of what we're living in, doesn't mean it's normal. It's just, no. it's a new context, right? It's not normal yet. There's, there are opportunities that for innovation that I, I really hope that we, that we see, you know, at a micro level, particularly where, you know, you can have a new Steve jobs come up in the world or a new whoever. Right. Um, I, I say Steve jobs and Bill Gates, because I'm a, I'm a boomer right from the eighties, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Um, with all these technologies that are available and a lot of people who are just thinking outside the box and looking for an opportunity, whether it's a, high, a side hustle or the next you know hundred billion dollar company, I, I'm hopeful that we see it. I'm hopeful that this it, it, not really catalyst for change, but this kind of forced change upon us is going to um, open up those worlds to us and and this the improved technology and the computing power and the and the you know all the machine learning and ai that's available to us readily now it is going to enable a lot of that to happen
1: yeah i think more compute the, 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 to wrap all this one section up here it's more compute means better ml models means more yep. advances in ai and this is important because we you know more pure scientific workloads are going to be using ai which are going to Ultimately, in the pursuit of results that are ultimately going to make things easier, machines will give us the cognitive liberty that we, uh, you know, to innovate at higher levels of abstraction on the stack, and right. and it you know, it's going to be it is happening right. Like someone's side hustle, or someone sitting in in you know in this new shelter at home environment is, and will, coming up with something that will change things. And, we, it, yep. it, and that's, this is why I, I hate times like this, but I love times like this. Because right. you can look at the <laughs> last economic downturn and you can count the companies that came out of this, came out of it. Uber, yep. Lyft, Airbnb, um, to a lesser extent, really uh, Twitter and Facebook like emerged from this um and Pinterest didn't exist the you know in, in the form it exists just to kind of go back on our keen study didn't exist um at, you know prior to you know prior to the you know the the financial great recession as we call it now from 2007 and 8 and 9 yeah um we are going to enter a very dark phase economically and i and and what we're seeing Manifest itself now. Are, are 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 these new normals? <laughs> I'm sorry, that no. um, that we're, that we're <laughs> seeing on. are going to uh, facilitate innovation. It just is. Um, I was it just will. reading the other day from um, some grad students or some students sitting at home solved this mathematical conjecture. Just sitting at the house because they can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. Um, I don't. I I tried to read it and tried to understand what they had figured out, but it had something to do with like rectangles or something. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but like those maths have implementations later, and these kids who were locked up and not able to do anything. They aren't the idiots out there protesting, or maybe they, get, they got sick of protesting. And they're just now sitting around with nothing to do. They're coming up with these things. And these little things, you know, I follow quantum computing and, and AI very closely. And you see pe- paper by paper, piece by piece, them building the future. Last week, I talked about SpaceX and Starlink. Piece by piece, 60 at a time, he's launching. His four is he ultimately, I think they want forty thousand of these things in orbit um crazy crazy, yeah, um, you know, they're sitting at about a little under six hundred now, and they're already starting yep. trials, and uh, they're going st-
0: don't they have one on the they got, they got one on the launch yeah, yeah, right I now, think now, one's
1: scheduled for next week for launch yeah, um the future's still being built, ladies and gentlemen um if you're too or so wrapped up in the contemporary uh outrages of the day understand that there are still people slaving away even though they may be they they're just as socially conscious as you are but they're slaving away and they're not bitching about it and they're just building the future and i uh like i said it's 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 going to be good but there's as we will probably discuss in the coming weeks, whether you want to or not, darkness is coming. So um, that said, on a much more positive note, last story. Google's founder, Sergey Brin, has a secret disaster relief squad. This is awesome. Uh, I I love this story. So so the global support and and development is made up of ex-military men and Brin's former bodyguards. But their mission isn't warfare, right? You know, this is, I took this from the Daily Beast.
0: <laughs>
1: they, they do a really good job of explaining what they do. So, like, what essentially is happening is this. So, Sergey Brand is a billionaire, right? You know, he has a yacht. But he's not always yep. on the yacht, right? So, he has these bodyguards and this ship captain. And he says, how about when I'm not using the yacht, we use the, you use the yacht for humanitarian purposes? And so they started this back in, like, 2015, and when uh, some remote islands, Vanuatu's, the Vanuatu Islands, was hit by, like, Cyclone Pam. And there's this excellent YouTube video of, you know, them explaining what they did. They basically are the first guys on the ground. They're flying drones. They're, you know, doing sonar to clear out the bay to facilitate evacuations. They're doing triage, they're cleaning, you know, they're they're uh creating clean water on board and pumping out of shore. And the keenest the keen oh, keen keeps coming <laughs> up. The keenest example of this was when Hurricane Dorian uh hit the uh the what the the Abaco Islands of the Caribbean. Like I just remember when like Dorian, uh, uh, Dorian, like, came over this Caribbean island and just sat there for a day and a half and just, just destroyed it. Took
0: a little vacation. Yeah. yeah. Um, ruined. We
1: were on a lot of vacations. Um, so, basically, they were the first on the ground. And so they had, like, marine specialists use sonar systems to, su- to like, survey the sea for, like, like uh, hazards so that they could clear and dredge the bay for, like, ships that are coming. Their aviation experts set up an air traffic control system um they cleared the runway and then like <laughs> the operation allowed like 1100 people um to get on and off the island um and evacuate people and stuff they even provided using you know because google has this capability they even like provided satellite imagery to like the like you know the the Bahaman authorities for like surveying and stuff like that they're flying drones this organization is also like Doing crazy things like, you know, deploying airships in Kosovo to do ground penetrating radar stuff to find mines. Dude, tech billionaires, again, I, are, as always, <laughs> are bucking the trend of the traditional, like, philanthropic endeavors. And I applaud them for this.
0: I, I, I call BS. There's no way this is happening. Oh, you, oh, no you mean without thing. the government?
1: Because <laughs> m- m- yeah, NGOs? That, I
0: don't believe it. There's no, there's no way this is happening without government dictating how it happens there's i'm not buying it
1: you know yeah 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 (laughs) so there is certain people and according to this daily beast article who have skepticism about the fact that these you know um these organizations these organizations run by these billionaires are doing this thing Uh, um what is what does the one person say that i'm going to pull a quote from the daily beast story because they're never going to be positive about like a private citizen who you know uses his yacht to facilitate like humanitarian efforts god forbid um where is it at i think this one guy from uh uk development do, 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 sd environments support them blah 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 uh what is it like uh okay so this guy by the name of dawson uh said that the what most every group is lacking is the people that can survive in a truly austere environment. No, this person's actually being positive about that. I can't. I don't know. It's it's hard. Like I remember when I saw it, and they're just like they're just they're poo pooing it because you know government and stuff should should be right. uh, doing this, and, and they use the we got to be transparent. Oh yeah, mm. but the use of ex military personnel for humanitarian and conservation work is also controversial. Rosaline Duffy, a professor of politics and international relations at the University of Sheffield, they can arrive in complex complex situations with little understanding of the local context. They bring with them modes of thinking and acting, such as seeing certain groups of people as the enemy to battle against. What the F is she talking about?
0: She's being stupid. Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know what? Uh, First of all, I you don't get on one of these teams going out and doing humanitarian work without some sort of vetting first. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's gotta be a, a personal, I mean, you got skin in the game when you're devoting your time at this level to that kind of help. Right. You're not just showing up and collecting a paycheck. There's a lot more to it than that. And yeah. Okay. I got it. Yeah. The ex-military, but what does ex-military mean? I mean, the military is not just people out there with a 50 caliber machine gun <laughs> going out. You know, there's a lot of people working in, you know, office work doing administrative. I mean, that's the other extreme, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it means a lot more than just a combat soldier. Yeah. You know, that's, I think when they hear and ex-military,
1: to, I think they get triggered just like, they hear assault rifle, they get triggered at least anyone with a gun there. They don't understand that, you know,
0: right. I mean, lighten up a little bit and understand that the, it's a much more complex picture than that. Are there those, you know what? There might be, you know, I'm not going to say with 1100 people out there who are either ex military or bodyguards or whatever. Yeah. You're going to have some that maybe are a little gung ho, you know, Rambo style more than others, but to say, you know, to say it's dangerous because all 1100 are suspect of having this mindset is pretty, it's a big stretch.
1: Yeah, but it, this is, again, this is these billionaires that ooh, we can, tech billionaires that we're starting to demonize. They're doing great things. They're, they're doing more than the robber barons of the past. They're much more conscious of their contribution to society as a whole. Even if I philosophically don't agree with their, their, not necessarily their tactics, but with their reasoning for doing certain things, I absolutely positively want Elon Musk to get us to Mars. I don't necessarily think global warming is that big of a <laughs> deal that we need to, like, leave the planet. But at least somebody eccentric enough to think about this stuff is... Yeah. You know, formulating a long term exit strategy off the planet, even though Bill Gates is as apparently reemerging as the devil. There are great things that the Gates Foundation have done globally and they use technology to do it. The Gates Foundation doesn't just try to force vaccines on people and, you know, advocate abortion in third world countries. They're also trying to build, like, you know, clean toilets Modular nuclear reactors and, 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 and other types of things that are actually going to push humanity forward. And so just, you know, hooray for the billionaires.
0: I agree. Yeah, And you know what? You know, yeah, we don't need billionaires. I, I keep hearing people say, you know, you know yeah, what? They
1: shouldn't exist, Gary.
0: You, they shouldn't exist. They're hoarding everything. Of course, you know, that's the big one. They're hoarding all this money and stuff. Not well, they're using
1: it. And you know who are the you know? worst tech billionaires? I mean, who are the worst billionaires? Are the tech billionaires because you know?
0: Oh because yeah, because technophobia they, is still just...
1: a thing. Like we just we right. discussed it earlier when it came to you know the mantra of filter bubbles, and algorithmic bias. We discussed that in the past.
0: Oh and, yeah, and, yeah. And,
1: you know, you know, we, <laughs> they don't understand the technologies that they unleash on the public, and they have this social responsibility to educate, to, to be better stewards of this. And no, no, they don't. No, they, they, no they're they,
0: just they're just, those people are are just upset because these tech billionaires aren't coming out as woke as they are you know it's uh, that's all it boils down to you know and
1: the sad thing about it is a lot of them are i mean again like i said like a lot of them have old philosophical um i guess views that i would find abhorrent because ultimately they they believe in the state's role in implementing soft or hard forms of violence in one way shape or form right. but at the end of the day i mean there's still this techno libertarian utopianism of their, them wanting to disrupt industries um and while i am skeptical of the, the scale and scope and the size of these companies i am not one that is willing to use the extortive violent power of the state to like make them less able to do the things that have allowed their founders to amass the billions necessary to create disaster preparedness squads that like save
0: lives that, that actually, actually actually work.
1: <laughs> so that said, well, uh, yeah, that's our last topic there. And um, we went a little long, but I don't care, man. We're happy to have Gary Guthrie back in the house. So yeah, anything oh, well. you want to plug, anything Thank you want to say before we sign off my friend?
0: Uh, Not today. I'm just I'm I'm happy to be back. um, These last few months have been extremely busy uh, for me uh, personally as well as business wise. I've got uh, just on a personal note, uh, two of my kids have graduated. One graduated from uh, University of Northern Colorado. The other one graduated from high school. And of course, everything has disrupted all of their celebrations and you know the things that they've been robbed of. Yeah. Um, it's pretty sad. So we've been working really hard to kind of, uh, make up for that and, you know, do some interesting, uh, different experiences that in 20 years, they'll be able to talk about and, you know, <laughs> tell the youngsters of the future, um, man, you don't know what we had to deal with, you know, that kind of thing. So- yeah. No, it, it, we have made some fun of it, but at the same time, it's been challenging. Work's been challenging, but um, we're we're getting through it, and we, none of us knock on wood has got the COVID yet. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I um, and even if I have, I don't even know. Um, I'm still working. I'm still grinding, and that's all we can do. So with uh, yep. with that said, man, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming back, Gary, and thank you all for logging in. To thank you your servers i am that is preston follow me at nick way and in the future we're working on me and gary are working on some things that maybe expand our reach particularly in light of the fact that this podcast thing seems to be blowing up with you know joe rogan getting 100 million dollars from spotify and stuff like that but we yeah i wouldn't yeah mind. i wouldn't i wouldn't <laughs> mind a hundred dollars to be honest um <laughs> so. yeah i'm with you all right guys logging off